he didn't know about the five stress triggers. He didn't know how to work around shift work. So he wrote a post in my group one day about how he had done 36 hours of surveillance, controlled buys, warrants, arrests, pursuits, all of these things in a 36 hour period. And when he had finished his shift and was cleaning out his car with his partner, it was filled with fast food wrappers, energy drinks, coffee wrappers, all these things. And he was wondering, when do you draw that line between the job and everything that it means and your health? Like, when do you stop the guilt of of feeling that guilt between each side? If you're a police officer or currently working in law enforcement and you're considering your career, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Labram. Welcome to the Blue Light Leavers podcast. So today I'm going to be talking to Andy Clark. She's the CEO of 911lifestyle.com. She's a 911 lifestyle coach for frontline workers and their families, and she has some amazing programs that help reverse the effects of shift work and stress. She's based in Canada, but doing some amazing work globally. During this interview, she talks about the key signs and signals and what she calls the list. She talks about how to mitigate against things such as tired and wired, brain fog, short fuse, and those long-term injuries and illnesses. She talks about the three-step process and success stories, and she goes on to give us two really simple steps that will help massively. You're going to get a huge amount from this interview. Anyone who does shift work or is close to retirement, having done shift work for a serious amount of time, will benefit from listening to this podcast. Let's go over to Andy now. Hi, Andy. Thanks so much for joining us today. I really do appreciate it. It's very good of you to agree to be uh, on the Blue Light Leavers podcast. And uh, whereabouts are you? I am in Toronto in Canada. Um, And my husband actually uh, is a police officer here in Toronto, which is, uh, I guess we're pretty much stationed here for a while. Yeah, sure. And how long has he been in in the police service over there? Uh, It's been over 10 years now. Right. Wow. And what does he do? Uh, currently he is on the road. He was the last three years on a, uh, specialized unit, community response unit, which is interesting because they ride bicycles for quite a bit and we're in Canada. So they rode bikes until pretty much the day that it snowed. And as soon as the snow starts melting, they're on bikes again, bicycles. Um, but yeah, he did that for three years and now he's, uh, Moving a little bit, I can't say where he's off to because it's not all completely confirmed up, but uh, he's moving to another specialized division again. Fantastic. Oh, great. So you very kindly agreed to uh, to be a member of the Blue Light Leavers uh, Facebook group as well. And, um, and I know you've interacted with a few people within that group as well. And um, you've got a great story to tell, and I won't spoil it in any way, shape or form. If you could talk through what is it that you're actually doing now and how it all came about, Andy, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, so probably wondering why I'm even on here, um, being the wife of a police officer. But I, um, what I do now is I help uh, first responders all over the world now uh, prevent burnout. And what that means is I help them start sleeping again, that turning off the tired and wired, waking mid-sleep, get them back that energy, stamina, recovery time, so that they're not in this survival mode anymore, so they can actually start thriving in their career again. And how I got into it is that I actually um, suffer from a genetic stress condition. So what that means is that my body is always 
functioning in a higher stress state. And that is the same as first responders, where from the time that you are going to work, you put on your uniform, your body has to be in a heightened stress state in order to prepare physically and mentally for whatever may happen on your shift. So we are more susceptible for burnout. And I had two huge burnout crashes in my life. They were 20 years apart. The second one was when I was pregnant with my second child. And so he was actually born in full burnout. Uh, we didn't know that at the time. And he does show a lot of the signs of my genetic condition. So as with many responders, we kind of, when we're in that mode of that exhaustion, the sleep, we kind of just push through and deal with it. When it's happening to your child, you, your mama bear comes out and you, you do everything you can to find out, these, find out what you can do. And so I had gone to doctors um, earlier on, actually, with my first burnout, and no one was ever able to help me. And so eventually with the second burnout, I was listening to a podcast and listed all of my symptoms. And from there, I went full on into researching everything that I could about our stress management system and how to fix it and linked the genetic component with me um, and my son. And we've been able to reverse our burnout. And um, so just, I don't know, do you want me to tell you some of the symptoms and things that we dealt with? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll go through that in a second if that's okay. But it's um, yeah. um, I mean, it's an incredible story. And, and I know your background is very much around personal training as well. And, and obviously yeah. health and well-being has been something that you've been involved in for, for many, many years. Yeah. So how did 911lifestyle.com come about and, and what did you do to actually, you know, bring that to the fore? Yeah. So I, once we reversed my burnout, then I took everything that I had learned and refined it to work for my husband around all of the unknowns, the crazy shift work, the overtime, not being able to sleep. So or not being able to eat on shift, like all of these things, we adapted everything that my son and I had done to work for my husband. And then we started discovering that his colleagues were struggling the same as I had. So I started helping them out. And I created a program because that's what I had done all the time with, with my training career. And um, it started really working and helping them out and so I started helping others and it's exploded to the point where I'm, I moved everything online to help more officers that I am now North America, UK, Australia. I have, you know, just officers all over are feeling the same because they all have the same stresses and pressures in their job. Mm, absolutely right. And it is incredible what you've done and, and, you know, we'll, we'll signpost the website at the end of the podcast, obviously, so people can there, and, and we'll talk about how people can reach out to you. But, you know, clearly these, um, the signs and symptoms um, are global for frontline emergency professionals and, uh, and emergency responders. And, and what do you think are the, are the key signs and signals then? How do we, what should we be looking out for? The thing is to know the list because they all occur at different rates, at different paces, at different orders with people. So I'll go through the list first, and that is tired and wired, waking mid-sleep. These are usually, I did a poll in my group, and that hits usually between the first and third year of their career. 
And so consider how long is, is an officer's career usually. Um, and for the rest of their career, they're already struggling with the sleep. Then the exhaustion, the brain fog, the short fuse is a huge one. Um, we named mine Medusa. She tended to rear her head in the house and um, being short with the kids, my husband took the brunt of it. Um, I'm one of the lucky ones that my husband and I are still together through all of this. I know not everyone is, and that short fuse, it's hard to control to get to the point where sometimes they can't control it in as just outside of the house anymore, that it extends into work, it extends into calls. Um, then you have digestive issues. You have headaches, constant colds, flus, allergies, seasonal allergies, skin issues, nagging injuries that just won't heal. Motivation starts decreasing. Um, it can extend eventually into um, like gallbladder, liver, kidney, everything, your whole organs because your inflammation and your healing system just isn't working well anymore. And it eventually can stem into autoimmune diseases and cancer. So everybody is hit differently based on how many stresses are hitting them, how strong their body started out, their genetics, um, different lifestyle habits that they have. Um, we're told that uh, fitness and nutrition are the key to keeping your stress down and staying healthy. <clears throat> but you will find that even those who have really good nutrition and fitness, like myself, um, when we live at a higher stress state, there's other things that we need to be considering. It's incredible. As you read through that list or you, or you talk through the list, there are so many of those and I'm just sort of going ping, 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 ping. Yeah. It's extraordinary. I did 30 years um, before leaving in 2015 and so many of those are relevant and I know there will be to, to so many of the listeners. Um, that's, that's extraordinary. So, so what can we do? What is it that you do and, and what can we do to actually mitigate those, those issues that, that we have? So I use a three-step process in my program. The first one is to support your stress management system. So I have, I kind of think of, a, of all of your stresses being in a bucket and you're, when you have so many stresses happening, the bucket is overflowing. And as it's overflowing so much, the bucket needs to still get more out. So it starts putting holes in that bucket, which is your stress management system. And so it doesn't matter if you had the motivation and the energy in order to start doing all of the lifestyle changes to um, take more stress out of that bucket. It still has all these holes in it that's going to keep seeping through. So you first need to support that stress management system. So what that means is your stress management system manages 50 different hormone responses. Um, sleep, waking energy, uh, brain, cognitive thinking, uh, reproductive, libido, your um, energy, digestive system, immune system, the list goes on. There's 50 different responses, thyroid, all of these things. And so you need to first figure out where in your hormonal pathways things are off and support them and fix those first. And that's what will help give you that energy back that motivation back and, and start fixing those things. And then as you do step two, which is the lifestyle changes, but taking into account the five stress triggers. So we already said nutrition and physical, 
but there are also uh, mindset mental. There is illness and injury and environmental toxins. And if we don't consider all of them, then we aren't taking enough stress out of our bucket that it's going to keep overflowing because the amount of stress that you have in your job that is out of your control um, needs all the help it can get to get your, your bucket as empty of stresses that you can control. So we do first the, st the supporting of the stress management system, second lifestyle changes that work within your job, in your career. That being said though, once you retire, once you move to a day shift schedule, a lot of times if your bucket has so many holes in it, it will not, um, the lifestyle changes will not fix it that you do. You retire and, or you leave the job and you still have the sleep. You still have the short fuse. You still have all of these things. So you need to still go through these steps, but the lifestyle changes will then be adapted for your new life instead of the life of a first responder. And then the third step is maintenance, teaching you how to maintain that level of energy, how to support yourself when you are in higher stress times with, with work or at home, and how to maintain that without putting more holes in your bucket. Incredible. And again, you're, you're ticking so many boxes. And I'm, and I'm glad you touched on the retirement as well, because you know, there's many of the members, <clears throat> excuse me, many members of the uh, Facebook group and who will be listening to this are either approaching retirement or already in retirement. And again, you know, they recognize all the things that you're talking about. So in terms of fixing, um, we tend to go for, we will pop to the doctors and we'll see what tablets we can take or what medication we can take. What can we do? Are there any alternatives? What can we do? Yeah. So I went through this a lot where I would go to my doctor and they would either look at me and say that I was fine or offer me a pill for one thing or another. And when I went to my doctor, um, after realizing everything that was happening, um, I went to her and I explained that there is Cushing's disease, which is the top two and a half percent functioning of your stress management system where you're firing like crazy. That's where you get like kind of hot headed where you just explode out things quickly. And then the other one is where your energy completely drains and you get down into Addison's disease where your organs really even start shutting down and all of that. That's the lower two and a half percent functioning. So she did a cortisol test with me and that cortisol test, she, um, the results came back. I went in and she said, I've done some research and you're right. You are showing signs of Addison's disease, but you're not there yet. So I was about 10% functioning of what showed of my cortisol levels. I was so angry and upset after that um, until I got further in this journey and realized that our doctors are based on crisis intervention. They're on reactive, which we need them for. It's very important. I'm sure they've helped so many situations in your career with, with um, uh, calls you've been on. We need them. But we need to start looking more at preventative. So... Um, I ended up finding somebody that understood all of my hormones and she did a test, uh, which is called a Dutch test. And the Dutch test is a 24 hour urine test, which tests all of your hormonal pathways. And what was happening is I was actually producing enough cortisol, but it was flowing down the wrong path. So you imagine a river coming down, which is your hormones and it splits. Well, one of my pathways of the river was dry and the other one was splitting the other direction and it was turning into a different hormone. So that one that was dry was actually the part that went into where I, my stress hormone and energy needed it and my libido. 
So both of those things were gone. And what you may find is if yours even gets down that far, yours may be going all the way into that cortisol spot. And so none of it's going towards your libido. So you need to really have somebody understand the Dutch test at the moment is the most comprehensive test to understand the pathways. Um, and the thing is, is that men don't always need this test as much as females. We all have the same number of hormones, but women's are a little more complicated. Okay. So um, for more women, we may need this Dutch test more so. But um, this is just a really good example of if a, a doctor does a blood test for cortisol, it may not be showing exactly what's happening in your hormonal pathways. Guys may not need the test if they're with the right person that understands how to realign the pathways, whereas women may. Um, but having that test was amazing for me in, just in showing that. So once you understand that, then the, your cortisol that is not slowing down at night when you're trying to fall asleep is what makes you tired and wired so you can't fall asleep. And your melatonin hormone is not being released, so you can't fall asleep either. And the melatonin sends off a cascade of all of your other hormones to repair and do their job. If you take sleeping pills, what happens is it does slow down the cortisol, but it doesn't get that melatonin engaging. It kind of bypasses it. So you miss out on all of the benefits, which is why quite often you're groggy still with sleeping pills. You may be asleep, but studies show you only get about 15 minutes extra of a deep REM sleep during that time. So really understanding um, the hormonal pathways um, Understanding that these symptoms are all combined because we quite often go to our doctor for digestive issues or for sleeping issues or for, you know, a nagging injury. We don't go together with them all combined. So going um, to somebody who understands preventative measures and understands really how to support your stress management system. They need to understand hormones and digestive issues mostly um, together. And if you find somebody that truly understands those, then they can help you build that resiliency up again. Incredible. It's something I've never heard of, so I'll certainly look into it and see what's available within the UK. And, uh, and if I can find some stuff, I'll, again, I'll put it within the show notes as well, because um, I think the Dutch test will be something that, that people will certainly be interested in. And, uh, yeah. Whether we can get through this through NHS and through our GP, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Yeah. And as I said, like my husband didn't need the Dutch test. There's many men that go and they don't need the Dutch test. There are some females that don't either. Mm. It's just, if you're with somebody who is supporting your stress management system and you're not getting the results you want, then you may want to dig a little deeper with that Dutch test. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be the first step. The first step would be finding somebody who understands hormones, not from giving you prescriptions of synthetics, um, I originally as well had been given cortisol because my cortisol was low. And as you can see, that wasn't the answer. I was also given DHEA, um, which I'm still trying to get myself off of and have my body producing because I wasn't with somebody who understood how to get my body to producing it first. So you need to make sure that it's somebody who's not just going to give you prescriptions for these things if you're missing them, somebody who really understands how to um, – get your body to be producing them on their own. It's that whole view, isn't it? And it's, it's actually exactly as you say, it's finding someone who really understands 
yes. whole picture mm-hmm. and not just a quick piece, you know, quick fix medication, you know, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. That's, that's yes. yeah, fascinating. So success stories. I'd love to hear about, um, you know, some of the success stories you've had. And, um, and I know, you know, as a result of what you've been doing, you're now, you know, you're speaking on stages around Canada and, um, you know, you're doing phenomenally well. So, um, yeah, so if you could, you know, any success stories, Andy, would be fantastic. Yeah. So I have to be careful with what information, everything's of pretty course. confidential. Of course. So, um, I do have, uh, one gentleman who, uh, I know that I'm allowed to talk about this one. So he was somebody who, um, I believe he was 20 years on the job and, um, he was, when he was going through, he didn't know about the five stress triggers. He didn't know how to work around shift work. So he has, um, he wrote a post in my group one day about how he'd done 36 hours of surveillance, um, controlled buys, warrants, arrests, um, pursuits, all of these things in a 36 hour period. And when he had, um, finished his shift and was cleaning out his car with his partner, it was filled with fast food wrappers, energy drinks, pots of like coffee wrappers, all these things. And he was wondering, when do you draw that line between, you know, uh, the job and everything that it means and your health? Like, when do you, um, stop the guilt of, of feeling that guilt between each side. And after he wrote that post, that was actually, he ended up on medical leave after that. And so he has been struggling with that brain fog and the motivation and all of these things. He ended up with a PTSD diagnosis that was not trauma related. Um, so I normally, um, as soon as somebody says that they have a PTSD diagnosis, it's not my expertise. I'm in burnout and burnout prevention. But him and I have talked, and he's working with his therapist, but he's struggling with that brain fog, struggling with the motivation. So we have made a deal that he is going to try. He's trying my program. He's working in it. And to see if we can get it to where his energy picks up, his motivation picks up, and all of these things. And um, he's, he's only a month into my program. But the first week, he messaged me, and he said, um, I don't know if this is a placebo effect, but I haven't had this energy in, in 20 and sorry, in years, no. he hadn't had the energy and his brain was starting to clear just from the first lesson. And the thing is, is that we're working on supporting a stress management system. We're working on plugging those holes right now. So, um, we're trying that out with him to see how it goes. He's been a month in. I have others that have been, that are a lot further along, um, that have completed the program and are back to who they were when they started on the job. And it's so much bigger than that as well, isn't it? It's the knock-on effect and you touched on it earlier, but it's a knock-on effect on family and, yes. you know, um, that there are so many, um, families that split as a result of, of shift work and, and, uh, the stresses that it brings and, and the type of lifestyle that we have to leave uh, the have, that we have to lead. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great, it's great to hear. It really is. In terms of um, those quick wins and positive steps that people can take now, Andy, what could, what could people do right now that would yeah. positively impact if they're working shifts or if they're, you know, struggling? You know, what's, what's going to be the best steps for them to take? So there are two things that it does not matter if you're in any of my free trainings, my web class, my, my full, full program. The first two lessons I do with everybody and I repeat them over and over and over again because of how important and how effective they are is water and breathing. So water, the signs of dehydration, 
brain fog, low energy, um, slack, slack digestive issue, um, uh, nagging injuries, aching joints, all of these things, headaches, the list goes on, sleep issues. So most of us are dehydrated. So, um, oh, this is going to be, it's in ounces. We do 0.5 to one ounce per pound of body weight. Okay. I don't know. We'll have to uh, I'll work it out. That. We'll stick it in the notes. <laughs> I don't know or if your stones or pounds or um, kilograms, but uh, yeah, one ounce to one half to one ounce per pound of body weight. I do know that eight ounces is um, is a cup. So um, you should be having that much water every single day. It's not easy to be bringing yourself up to that. I have my water bottle always beside me. And I have one that's full on the counter in the morning because as soon as I walk down into the kitchen, I chug a full bottle. Mm. My husband has his on his bedside table. He chugs it as soon as he wakes up. So that makes sure we already get three cups of water before we even start our day. Um, when you're on long shifts, especially for females in uniform, it's a little tough to be running to the washroom all the time. So you can try to have as much as you can before your shift. If you can drink two or three of these before your shift so that by the time your parade is over, you can go to the washroom before you go on the road and then just sip maybe one more during your shift. Um, so there's ways to get around it. Um, and then the second thing would be breathing. So <coughs> this gets into uh, the physical uh, stress, uh, stress trigger. We have two different nervous systems. One is your, sorry, two different nervous systems that are in charge of our stress and our rest and digest systems. One is your, your sympathetic nervous system does your stress response and your vagus nerve does your rest and digest system. And they are just like muscles. If you're working one a lot, it becomes stronger and quicker to react. If you're not working the other, it becomes more slack, lazy, and slower to react. So we are not doing things to work our rest and digest system. It doesn't kick in as often. So breathing in through your nose, in your nose, um, just above the left nostril, it actually touches that vagus nerve, so it stimulates it. And if you're big breathing deep into your belly, the vagus nerves are all around your diaphragm, all around there. So breathing deep into your belly, and breathing out through your nose um, will help to very slowly be engaging that system more frequently. So we work on in my program, first thing in the morning, that's what you start with. So you're teaching your body in the morning when you wake up to be waking up in a rest and digest state and not in a stress state. When you are going to a call, before you knock on the door of the call, you do some deep breathing. Um, when you are um, going to bed, you do your breathing. You try to do it as often as you can because it's like an exercise and you need to be exercising it so that that nervous system will be kicking in more. And those two things, like it was just the water that made a difference in that gentleman that I spoke of um, just in that first week. And wow. it, it's amazing. The people will talk about day four is horrible. You go through a detox phase and it's horrible. But after you get through that, the energy kick is just amazing that people can't believe how much that one lesson makes such a difference. Well, I know I don't drink enough. No, most of us I know don't. It. I know, absolutely not. And I, I've, I've had these conversations with my wife and, uh, and 
I just we don't do it. And and it's really interesting what you say about obviously the knock on effects and um, and post retirement as well. And everything you've spoken about just hits home so much. It's incredible. So um, I can't thank you enough for this. It's 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 going to help so many people. And um, um, I know you've got a speaking engagement coming up soon as well, haven't you? Yeah, I fly out on Wednesday to Ottawa, and next week I have another one as well, uh, the week following. So Fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing what you're doing, Andy. Thank you so much. If people want to reach out to you and they want to uh, get in contact with you at all, then obviously, um, you know, mention it's come from Blue Light Levers, but what's the best way of, of getting in contact with you? Yeah, so um, my website, 911lifestyle.com. Uh, has everything that you will need in there. Uh, on the top right is all my social channels. You can join my Facebook group from there. I have free trainings in it. Um, lots of information, my, my blogs, my articles as well. Um, they, they go out weekly with lots and lots of information and, and things to get you started. And I know you're very busy on LinkedIn as well, aren't you? Yes, definitely. Great yeah, stuff on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every day I post something on LinkedIn. Yes, and definitely. it is the, the articles on there as well are fantastic. So uh, they're all you. really, really useful. So, Andy, thank you so much for your time. Um, you. Really inspirational stuff, and it's going to help a lot of people without a shadow of a doubt. So, thanks for your time today, and look forward to talking to you again in due course. Thank you so much, and I will be seeing you in your uh, Blue Light Levers group. Thanks, Andy. Take care. Well, thanks so much to Andy for her time today amazing interview with so much information that ticks so many boxes. So if you like what you've heard, then please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And don't forget, you can also join the Blue Light Levers Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Blue Light Levers. Look forward to seeing you there. Take care. Bye-bye for now.